It's the Kim Munson Show, analyzing the most important stories. An early childhood taxing district? What on earth is that? The latest in politics and world affairs. I don't think that we should be passing legislation that is so complicated that people kind of throw up their hands and say, I can't understand that. Today's current opinions and ideas. And it's not fair just because you're a big business that you get a break on this and the little guy doesn't. Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation. Indeed, and welcome to the Kim Munson Show. Thank you so much for joining us. You're each treasured, you're valued, you have purpose today. Strive for excellence. Take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. My friends, we were made for this moment. And I do get to work with a great team who I am very grateful for. That is producer Joe. And there's producers Nicole and Rachel, Luke. And then we have the team of Zach, Echo, Charlie, all the people here at Crawford Broadcasting. I am blessed. It is a blessing to work with people that are all pulling on the same side of the the road to make sure that we make things happen and everybody strives for excellence. And I love that about this team as well. Uh, Really pleased to have on the line with me, Leslie Manukian. She's a regular guest on the show. And she is the founder of Health Freedom Defense uh, and Health Freedom Defense Fund. And there's amazing work that they are doing. Uh, Leslie Manukian, welcome to the show. Good morning, Kim. It's so great to be with you once again. Um, I so appreciate all that you and your team do. I love your intros. I just love listening to you talk and how you frame things. Um, I'm just blessed to be to know you and be on the show. So thank you for having me. Well, and, and it's my honor. One of these days we will meet in person. Uh, but uh, but I feel like I, I will know you by your voice. That That's for sure, because we've had these many great conversations. And we're pre-recording these shows for the week of Thanksgiving, uh, and uh, we do this because having these special guests and get to spend a whole hour with them is just something that's really special. Leslie Manukian, uh, for people that don't know, give us, if this is the first time people are learning about you, tell us about you. Okay. So I um, grew up mostly in Idaho, uh, went to business school after college, and then went to go and work on Wall Street. And once I was working on Wall Street, I worked at Goldman Sachs. They transferred me to London. I'm working in London. And I just was disillusioned with the whole investment banking um, <laughs> area. And I, I thought maybe it would be there would be fewer conflicts of interest if I went to what's called the buy side. So I went to go and work for a big client of mine, Alliance Capital. And um, um, I was a telecom and technology analyst. And for, for the first 10 months, and then I was promoted to head of research, and shortly after that to head of portfolio management as well for our European growth portfolio management businesses. And this is important and relevant because what I did was interview the CEOs of multinational corporations in order to determine whether or not we should invest in their companies. And while fulfilling that role, I met dozens and dozens of CEOs and got to talk with them privately about their businesses, what the drivers of their businesses were, how healthy their businesses were, all those kinds of things. And at one point, a couple of years before I quit, um, I had the CEO of one of the biggest pharmaceutical and vaccine makers um, in the world come into our offices to reassure us about their stock because we owned about a billion dollars of the stock. And um, and the stock was getting crushed and the market was down about 25 or 30%. And 
the CEO, CFO, head of investor relations, and head of R&D all came in, and, and the CEO looked at me and he said, listen, the bat, um, you know, some people in very rare instances are dying on the clinical trials, the phase three clinical trials that were in on our new blockbuster drug. And the bad news is the FDA is going to make us put a black box warning on our packaging. The good news is we still think we can do $7 billion in peak sales. And I felt, Kim, like someone had kicked me in the gut. I, I couldn't believe it because it was just such a brazen admission that he knew that they would kill people, but that they would still make a lot of money, and we should be reassured by that. Well, I left that meeting, and I just thought, oh, my gosh, I am playing for the wrong team. I'm using my experience, my education, my skills and intellect for the wrong side. And I decided that I was going to get out in the not-too-distant future. And um, I had several other experiences like that that really formed me. And um, I started, I was also very sick, and I didn't know why, and I kept going to the doctor, and he told me to go and see a homeopath. So I went and saw a homeopath, and the homeopath told me to go and um, to start taking all these different homeopathic remedies. And it really resonated with me, and it really helped. So much so that I enrolled in homeopathy college in secret. And the very, very first day of homeopathy college orientation, the teacher told us that there was something called vaccine damage. And I thought he was a, a complete <laughs> nut job because I thought vaccines were the greatest invention of mankind. And so I said, you know, what are you talking about? And he said, well, you might want to dig a little deeper. And he gave me a book to read. And, you know, the, the combination of the experience that I had had on Wall Street, seeing this and seeing this cavalier attitude from these executives combined with this new information that there was a vaccine debate and then reading the book led me to understand that there was a problem that the medical industry wasn't telling us the truth about not only vaccines but so many things and i decided then and there that i was going to make a documentary film on vaccines called the greater good and that movie came out in 2011 so i started making it in 20 i started researching it in 2001 and then we started filming in 2007 or 8, and it was finally released in 2011. And I'm sharing all this because it really formulated not only my beliefs about health freedom, but my appreciation and understanding of what we face as a nation when it comes to health freedom. So once you start actually challenging the mainstream narrative or status quo on any issue like vaccines, you realize why freedom is important. It's just like freedom of speech. When we speak out about freedom of speech, when we speak out against something, the mainstream narrative, and we get quashed for it, well, that's why we have a First Amendment, because the government shouldn't be able to tell you to stop saying something just because it doesn't like it. And that's what the First Amendment is designed to protect. So all this stuff helped to um, galvanize me into action over the last 20 plus years. And then in the beginning of 2020, when the whole COVID crisis began, I knew that what was happening was that the public health authorities and governments of the world were using a public health scare as a guide for um, implementing an authoritarian response and forcing vaccines. I just knew that from day one. Early in January, I said it to my husband. And why did I know that? Because of all the laws they've put in place to facilitate it over the last 20 plus years. But anyway, that is what led me to start Health Freedom Defense Fund. Okay. And Health Freedom Defense Fund is the organization um, that is responsible for stopping the federal travel mask mandates and many other mandates. And our mission 
is to essentially instill in the public consciousness a respect for and appreciation of bodily autonomy, the idea that you and you alone own yourself, and then to codify that in law. And so that's why we do what we do. We've filed nearly a dozen lawsuits in the last three years, and we've had some major wins. And um, and this is why we work, to try and protect your bodily autonomy, your right to freedom. Well, and a couple of things. First of all, the Greater Good movie, you can, people can get that at greatergoodmovie.org, correct? We've got that. That's correct, Ken. And yeah. then Health Freedom Defense Fund, uh, this... It, it, this work is is uh, legal. Uh, legal work is very expensive, and so tell us about how people can support you. Sure. So, you know, if one thing I really want to make clear is that our system, our, our judicial system, is essentially upside down because the CDC went and mandated masks for everybody, even though the CDC had no evidence that all those people, millions of people who were traveling for work or pleasure or whatever, were sick. And that's not legal. That's not lawful. And that's certainly not in line with what we should have done. My point is that every American was conceivably impacted by that, except for those under two years of age. And all the lawsuits that we pursue are in the public's public interest, because the people that we represent and help could be any American. I really want to drive that point home. They're school teachers and um, transportation industry workers and federal employees and all these different people. They're teachers at universities and employees at universities and students. These are the kinds of people we represent. They are every man and every woman in this country. Um, so you can go and you can support us by going to healthfreedomdefense.org, health freedomdefense.org. And once you're there, you can just read about our work. You can join our newsletter, which is, of course, free. You can become a member for only $10. Um, And you can donate to all of our causes. So the legal pages, you can actually find on the legal pages a link to donate to a specific litigation effort, or you can just use our general donation button in order to donate to Health Freedom Defense Fund in general, and then we allocate it where we need it the most for whichever lawsuit we're pursuing at that time or which which has activity in it. Well, and Leslie, tell us, uh, in fact, I think you and I talked just shortly after the courts ruled that uh, people no longer ha- were, would be forced to wear masks on uh, public transportation. And uh, I, actually, I guess I was talking with someone. The uh, flight attendants were going down the aisle of an airplane, and people were gleefully throwing their masks into a trash bag. And, uh, I mean, that was a really big first step towards freedom. <laughs> yeah, and, and not only were they throwing their masks in, but the flight attendants were singing, Take off your mask. <laughs> I won't sing anything more than that, just to not bother anyone's <laughs> ears. But, but, I mean, the point is that that was a turning point in the COVID crisis, because I think that that legal win did many things. Number one, it made Americans feel like they weren't helpless. And in so doing, it inspired them to stand up for their freedoms and for what's right, because there was never any scientific justification to mask the community. There never was any. That's the simple truth. They just did it because they wanted to. And I believe they did it in order to condition the public to submit and to accept submission in the future. 
So it inspired people in a way that nothing else had. There had not been as big of a legal win for the people during the whole COVID crisis. And I think you could argue that there still hasn't been as big of a win as that. Um, secondly, it, it cut the legs out from under the administrative state. So the administrative state is the whole body of uh, federal agencies that sit under the executive. Many deem them the fourth branch of government, and they're not actually supposed to exist according to our founders' intentions. They have only been created under Congress, essentially, to take some of the workload off of Congress, and that's ridiculous. In some ways, Congress is abdicating its responsibilities because Congress is supposed to oversee all of um, is supposed to not only make laws, but also control the, the purse strings in this country. And by creating all these federal agencies, what's effectively happened is that you have, that Congress has created an absurdly powerful president that's more akin to a king. And that was never the intention. In fact, that was, you know, the exact opposite of what our founders intended. But what happens is, as long as Congress has granted a federal agency a certain amount of authority on something, then the president can issue executive orders and tell that agency, well, you have this authority, go and do this. So what happened was, on, the, on President Biden's second full day in office, or first full day in office, he was inaugurated one day, the next day, his first full day in office, he instructed CDC to issue a mask mandate. But CDC doesn't have the power or authority to do that. And so um, we sued the Biden administration and stated that very fact that you don't have the authority to do that, that CDC does not have this power or authority, that CDC overstepped the rules that dictate how federal agencies behave, and that if CDC did have that power and authority, then it was an improper delegation of authority um, from Congress to the executive. And we won. We won on all counts. Um, the judge, you know, she she vacated CDC's mandate effective immediately. And that's why you have these um, this celebration <laughs> across the country. And from what I heard from all the people that I know who were on airplanes and all the videos that were sent to me, all but maybe one or two percent of people took their masks off in that moment, which is pretty incredible. That is pretty. You just yeah, go ahead. How willingly people will comply. Yeah. Well, and that is why we we need to um, shed light on this and this whole compliance. Oh, that's a whole nother conversation. We'll have to do that in the next in the next segment regarding compliance. Um, and so that's a great discussion. I'm talking with Leslie Manuki, and she is the founder of Health Freedom Defense Fund. That website is healthfreedomdefensefund.org, and certainly. Uh, if we, as we value our freedom, it would be great to help them in their great work, and you can contribute there at healthfreedomdefensefund.org. The show comes to you because of one— I'm oh. sorry. I have to just say it's healthfreedomdefense.org. Even oh. though we call ourselves Health Freedom Defense Fund, there's no fund in the URL. Health oh, good, good, good. Defense.org. Good clarification. Healthfreedomdefense.org. I got it, Leslie. And uh, we get to do this because of sponsors. And one of those is the Roger Mangan State Farm Insurance Team. Roger's been in business for 47 years, serving his customers, providing for his family, and giving back to the, uh, the communities of Centennial, Littleton, Highlands Ranch, Inglewood, Greenwood Village, as well as Castle Rock. He can help anybody here, in any place in Colorado. And so for help with your insurance needs, call Roger Mangan at 303-795-8855. Like a good neighbor, the Roger Mangan Insurance 
insurance team is there. Rosie's doing it. So is Yvonne. Same with Lori. Michelle's been at it since February of last year. Jody started the year before that. And guess what? They're all saving by doing so. What's that? Oh, the doing part? They're using the Drive Safe and Save app from State Farm. Then they're saving up to 30% and more on their auto insurance. How about you? Are you ready to get at it and save? Call Roger Mangan State Farm Insurance at 303-795-8855. Don't delay. Call Roger Mangan State Farm Insurance at 303-795-8855 today. Focused and wise marketing is essential for your success, especially during tough economic times. If you love the Kim Munson Show, strive for excellence and understand the importance of engaging in the battle of ideas that is raging in America. Then talk with Kim about partnership, sponsorship opportunities. Email Kim at KimMunson.com. Kim focuses on creating relationships with individuals and businesses that are tops in their fields. So they are the trusted experts listeners turn to when looking for products or services. Kim personally endorses each of her sponsors. Again, reach out to Kim at KimMunson.com. It's Friday! And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter. And you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice on an independent station searching for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you should not have to force people to do it. And I am very grateful for the USMC Memorial Foundation. They are raising money to remodel the Marine Memorial out at Six and Colfax. And uh, we're getting into Christmas, Hanukkah season. A great gift would be to buy a brick that will be on one of their walkways honoring uh, your loved one's military service. And when you do that, you'll get a beautiful certificate uh, that you can give to them. I actually have purchased two uh, bricks, one for my father, and it is one of the best gifts that I have ever given him. So get more information. Go to USMCMemorialFoundation.org. That is USMCMemorialFoundation.org. We are pre-recorded these shows for Thanksgiving week and so pleased to have on the line with me Leslie Manukian. And she is the founder of Health Freedom Defense Fund. And that website is healthfreedomdefense.org. And we're talking about the different lawsuits that they have uh, had some excuse me, some great success. And one of those was the because of that, you don't have to wear a mask on a train or a plane or a bus. Thank you, Leslie Manukian. I, I didn't fly because I didn't want to have to wear a mask, but now um, I have freedom to choose. So I appreciate that. Well, you're very welcome. I am, am honored and, uh, you know, honored to stand for every American and the American ideals of freedom. And I'm also just blessed to have been in a position to be able to do so. You know, um, I feel super fortunate. I've always felt like um, my calling was to speak and stand for people who can't speak for themselves. Not everybody feels comfortable. Not everybody um, has that, I don't know, calling. And I guess I just have, and I'm just grateful to have been, put here to do this work and to be able to be a part of defending our American ideals and freedoms. I think it's so incredibly important. You know, I think it was Reagan who said that um, our um, 
loss of our freedoms is just one generation away, and mm-hmm. we are painfully close to that with young people having no understanding or appreciation for the First Amendment or any other of our, our founding principles. They just don't get it because because our educational system has been deliberately um, debased in order to indoctrinate them into thinking that words can hurt their, you know, that words are violence and things like this. It's, it's crazy. And so we live in a really messed up world. And I just, um, as sad as it is and scary as it is sometimes, I'm actually quite grateful to be alive right now and to have been put here. And, you know, Ben, I feel like all my work has been inspired by God, and that's why I do what I do. You know, same with me, Leslie. In fact, I was talking with someone the other day, and at the end of our church service, uh, they say, and send us out to do the work that you would have us do. And so that's why I do what I'm doing, and you're doing what you're doing is to send us out to do the work that we must do. And when I say on the show that we were made for this moment, I really do feel that we're in the third founding of our country, and it is now up to us. Uh, We stand on the shoulders of these giants, and uh, we have a responsibility. But I I always love to have you just tell (laughs) your story, though, is that uh, when I I think you referred to yourself when you were on Wall Street as the the, uh, socialist on Wall Street or something. So tell us a little bit about that journey. Yeah, I used to joke that I was the only socialist on Wall Street. I fully believe that the only thing wrong in the world was that I didn't and other high earners didn't pay enough in taxes and that government didn't have enough money as a result. And if if I paid more and everybody else paid more and had their fair share, mm-hmm. their fair share everything would be peachy. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. I mean, I truly believe that, you know, in every fiber of my body, I thought that and I mean, I was paying, you know, a lot, 50 yeah. percent, a lot. We're talking a lot. We're talking a lot of money and just in my taxes. I mean, my tax bill was huge every year, you know, and which uh, is a blessing. It means you're doing well. But of course, <laughs> of course. But the thing is, it never occurred to me back then that that money was not being used for the things that I wanted it to be used for. You know, it, it never occurred to me that I actually didn't have a vote over where that money was going never occurred to me that the people who were charged with um, allocating my tax dollars weren't moral, decent people or might use that money to line their own pockets or to pursue policies that destroyed this very nation. You know, it never occurred to me that they would um, go to war under false pretenses like they did in Iraq. You know, we all know now that Saddam never had weapons of mass destruction. Yes, he was a bad guy. But he never had weapons of mass destruction, and he had nothing to do with 9-11. And yet Cheney and his buddies were all trying to connect him to it within hours of 9-11, you know, of the events. And so my point is, I was just clueless. And and this really takes us back to our founders. I think it was John Adams who said that our system of government only works when we have an educated and moral populace. And we have neither of those today. You watch these men on the street um, uh, videos, whether it was Will Witt, who was at PragerU, or Ami Horowitz. He has a, um, what's he called it now? He now calls it Ami on the Loose, but it used to be Ami on the Street, I think. And they go around and they ask people questions. Well, you know, who were our, who, were, who was the first president? It is shocking to learn that most young people don't even know. They don't know. Who, you know, who was the president during the Civil War? 
who was, I mean, they don't know. When they're asked to line up who are the most evil men in history, they would put Trump ahead of Stalin or Hitler. Now, this is the direct result of agendas being promulgated by nefarious actors, malicious actors, in order to dumb our populace down so that they will submit. And then you look at what goes on in the media and how they're destroying any kind of moral fabric. Anything goes. You know, have sex with anybody you want. Um, take any drugs you want. Do anything. You know, it's like everything is okay. There's actually, I just saw this weekend. Um, do you remember that ad that a British grocery store chain called Sainsbury's put out, and it's called Christmas of 1914, and in it, it depicts a true story in which Germans and British soldiers who were in opposing tr um, trenches on Christmas Eve started singing Silent Night. And the next morning, after a peaceful night, one of the British soldiers waved his, his cap, his hat, started to climb out of the trench with his hands up, and all the Germans were ready to fire on him, but one German said, no, 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 he's not, he's not armed. And they all stood down, and what happened was all the British soldiers and all the German soldiers in that area came out of their trenches on Christmas Day, and they played soccer, and they showed pictures of their family members, and they enjoyed a day of peace. And it brings tears to my yeah, me too. because it's so beautiful. It is so beautiful, and it speaks to the potential of humanity, most human beings are good and want peace, and they are loving, good people. And then there's a new ad that's out this year. Someone said this to me yesterday. And there's a new ad that's out by another British store, chain of stores, called M&S. And this one says, do what you want on Christmas. Make it how you want. And it shows throwing away something, burning the little Christmas paper Christmas hats that Brits wear. Um, it, it just shows, it's, it's basically a celebration of nihilism and of selfishness. And I watched those two things and I was just utterly aghast because this is not an accident. This is being pushed on us so that we will think, you know what? I'll be, I'll just be a hedon. I'll do whatever serves me in the moment, and, and it's okay. Because ultimately, it's about, it's a spiritual war, right? It's, a, it's about those people who answer to a higher power and therefore some moral authority and believe in doing the right thing because it's the right thing to do versus those who believe that there's nothing bigger than ourselves. There's no God, no divine spirit, nothing divine that animates each and every one of our souls. Um, that animates our bodies, right? And and who believe that you're nothing more than a bag of bones, than a bag of bones, a machine, essentially. Because if you're nothing more than a bag of bones, an animal, or a machine, then they have no problem um, claiming that they can tell you what to do. Be injected, wear a mask, live in a 15-minute city, accept this chip, use your palm to buy groceries at Whole Foods, Whatever it is, have a brain implant, be surveilled 24-7. And, and it's, it's heartbreaking because this is all being pushed on us by dark money and dark actors who want to destroy the fabric 
of our society, in fact, of Western civilization in general, so they can usher in a new world order under which they live lives of lavish luxury as basically kings, and the rest of us are serfs. And uh, that's where we are, Kim. That, that, that is where we are, and it's interesting what you were saying, that the difference between these two different advertisements. And at the end of the show, when I encourage us to think great thoughts, I mean, we have choices where, you know, where we go with our, our brains and our thoughts, and we have choices on that, and then the do whatever you want. And, and I was thinking, uh, do whatever you want comes down to then we have no no values or no principles or your truth, you know, no no foundational truth. There is foundational truth, but I was thinking about it. Broken values or broken principles lead to broken people, and that's why I think that we have this whole mental health challenge that's going on in America right now, Leslie. Yeah, and broken people lead to broken communities, right? And without a community, you don't have... And broken communities lead to a broken social fabric, and without a social fabric, you don't have a country. So, you know, if you look at... You'll laugh, but I gave a speech um, about seven years ago at the launch for Health Freedom Idaho. I'm a founding board member of that organization, which seeks to protect Idahoans' health freedoms. And... What I talked about in that speech was how we are essentially at war with our government, and most Americans just don't know it. They are pushing things on us and have been for decades that none of us want. How many of us want Roundup being sprayed all over the place? How many voted for that? How many of us want GMO seeds and GMO crops, GMO salmon? None of us. We don't want it. How many of us want cricket protein in our breads and crackers. None of us voted for that. How many of us actually want fluoride in our water? No educated person wants that, and it was pushed when people didn't know. How many of us want to inject our children with aluminum and mercury and polysorbite 80 and all sorts of other adventitious agents that are in vaccines? How many of us want uh, geoengineering to spray chemicals all over us like it's happening? We don't want these things, but this is what's happening. And it's because because of those things. And something else that's so important is the, the food system. How many of us want all the chemicals, atrazine, all of the chemicals that are on our foods? How many of us want all the super processed foods and all the chemicals that are in those super processed foods? Those things aren't good for us. And all those things actually work together. So the aluminum and vaccinations impairs cognitive function. What does that mean in layman's terms? It causes brain damage. The nutrient-depleted food that we eat every day undermines our intellectual capabilities. Fluoridated communities, the children that grow up in fluoridated communities, have IQs that are four to six percentage points lower than the communities that don't fluoridate their water. Do you see a pattern here? Wow. People who are nutrient depleted tend to be less calm, less peaceful, less intelligent. So you've got all these different factors that come to place. And people who don't eat proper amounts of saturated fat, which contain from animals that are fed pasture, which, which then contain proper amounts of vitamins A, D, and K, don't have proper immune systems, 
they can't think as clearly, like if they're not as well nourished, all these issues, they all come together. So what uh, ended up, when, ends up resulting is a populace that is sick in general, overweight, unable to think, not strong. So right, they're, they're weak, they're impotent. And what kind of a, and they're not as able to think clearly as well. So what kind of a populace, um, who wants that kind of a populace? A government that wants to be able to control the populace. So a, a controllable populace is a sick populace. Oh my gosh, this is this, the other way. This a is sick it, populace is a controllable populace, but yeah, it's it's daunting. I'm talking with Leslie Manukian, that website, and you can help by going to healthfreedomdefense.org. That's healthfreedomdefense.org. We're going to continue the conversation. Uh, Before we do that, though, I did want to mention the Center for American Values, located in Pueblo, Colorado. Uh, They are doing two things. They are honoring our Medal of Honor recipients and then also uh, putting together educational programs to instill in us uh, these foundational principles of duty, honor, and patriotism, and also to teach that to the next generation. You can get more information by going to uh, American AmericanValueCenter.org. That's AmericanValueCenter.org. We get to do all of these things because we have great sponsors such as Karen Levine. There are always opportunities in changing markets, and the metro real estate market is no exception. That is why you need to work with seasoned REMAX Alliance realtor Karen Levine when you buy your home, sell your home, consider the opportunities of a new build, or explore investment properties. Rising interest rates are spurring creativity, innovation, and opportunity in the real estate and mortgage markets. Kim Munson highly recommends award-winning REMAX realtor Karen Levine. Call Karen Levine today at 303-877-7516 for answers to all your real estate questions. That's 303-877-7516. Boson Law fights for clients who've been injured or family members who have lost a loved one due to the careless, reckless, or wrongful conduct of others. Whether injured in a car accident, suffered an injury due to a product or bad pharmaceutical drug, or need help fighting for medical care and benefits following an accident at work, don't go it alone and uninformed. Boson Law is the law firm you need in your corner. Time is of the essence with any personal injury claim. Call 303-999-9999 to schedule your complimentary consultation. That number again is 303-999-9999. Call now. You'd like to get in touch with one of the sponsors of The Kim Munson Show, but you can't remember their phone contact or website information. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter. You can email me at Kim at Kim Munson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you should not have to force people to do it. I'm talking with Leslie Manukian, and she is the founder of Health Freedom Defense Fund. That website is healthfreedomdefense.org. 
I would uh, encourage each of you to become members. It's not very expensive. It's 10 bucks, and so you can help her with that great work. <laughs> Leslie Manukian, several questions, and I, I do want to go back to we never finished up this thought on how did you go from being the only socialist on Wall Street to being a woman that is now suing uh, different governmental entities for freedom? What was that journey? Yeah, sorry, I didn't. I kind of got off on a tangent, didn't I? Um, basically, I I started when I started making. Um, well, first of all, once I learned about the whole vaccine issue, I started to think to myself, well, gosh. And I started meeting all these people who had had children who were injured by vaccinations. And I thought, oh my goodness, what would it be like to not be able to get your child an exemption from a vaccination? And who gets to decide that? And and if your kid's injured, who takes care of them? Well, you do. And so I just started thinking, huh, that's interesting. And huh, isn't it crazy if this book that I've just read is is accurate and it has over 960 footnotes in the back of it, that means the government is corrupt. It means that the government is lying to the people about the safety and efficacy of vaccines. And so I decided I was going to make uh, the movie, The Greater Good. And once I started trying to raise money to make the movie, it was very interesting to me. All the people that I thought were going to stand for, with me and you know, open their wallets and donate to this very, very worthy cause about protecting children turned a blind eye to us. They literally wanted to have nothing to do with us. I live in a resort. There's lots and lots of very wealthy people here. We would show them a rough cut of the movie. They didn't have anything to do with us. And I was like, wow, that's kind of amazing. And then I would speak to conservatives, and they would say, well, of course the government's lying. Of course the government's, the CDC's corrupt. And I'm like, what? What? (laughs) So that was a huge thing for me. And then um, I voted for Barack Obama the first in his first um, when he first ran and I cried when he was elected because I thought it was so beautiful that a black man was elected president of the United States I thought it was a beautiful wonderful thing within one week of his election I knew I had been had because he didn't shut down Guantanamo Bay he didn't recognize the Armenian genocide he didn't pull out of Afghanistan and um, Iraq he didn't do any of the things that he promised he started appointing people as like GMO um, apologists in in the USDA. He put in place all of these horrible people within one or two weeks. And I thought, oh, my gosh, I've been had. And so that whole kind of progression helped me to realize once I got deeper into making the movie and then releasing the movie and hearing people's stories all across the country about what had happened and how their rights were being trampled and what was going on in California starting in like 2008 or nine when they started trying to attack parental rights. I was just impressed with the utter imperative of fighting for freedom. And I'm sorry, but freedom is antithetical to socialism. Mm -hmm. Socialism says, just like Klaus Schwab says, you own nothing and you'll be happy. Socialism says that the greater good determines what you can and can't do, that other interests determine what you can and can't do, not you as an individual. And so I had to do some serious soul searching during those years of 2007 and 8. And by 2009, when Obama was inaugurated, I was done. I I was fully transformed. And I was just like, holy, holy cow. I mean, I was one of those total uh, global warming... (laughs) 
um, proponents, you know, I was crazed about it. I just thought the world's going to end. And then, oh, my gosh, 2013 came and New York wasn't underwater. And I was like, huh, geez, I started digging deeper. Once I, I say that vaccines are the greatest gateway drug to awakening because once you dig into the vaccine issue and you see that you've been lied, about, lied to by those charged with protecting you and your children, our most innocent citizens, you start, you must start examining everything else. And you start to actually see how so much of what is the mainstream narrative is actually an agenda and how it's all connected. And so you start to see that, oh gosh, GM, I mean, this is a great example. National Geographic did a cover article, a cover photograph, and the copy on the cover about 10 or 12 years ago, it, was, it said, The War Against Science. That was their headline. The War Against Science was the title of the, edition, of the um, issue. And then underneath it, it said, um, it lumped in anti-vaxxers, climate deniers, GMOs are dangerous, and flat earthers. This is so insidious. Basically, if you challenge, if you don't accept that the that if if you actually um, challenge the mainstream narrative on vaccines or GMOs, you're a flat earther, right? This is all coordinating. It's all to marginalize those who actually have a different opinion. And the reason that those have a, people oftentimes have a different opinion is because they've actually done their homework and dug deeper and they know the truth. And so that's what happened to me. I started to realize that health freedom in particular, but freedom in general is antithetical to my socialist leanings and that I needed to reform. And so now I have come full circle. And I mean, I'm, uh, I think I'm more akin to an anarcho-capitalist than to anything <laughs> at this point, or maybe a, um, classical liberal in that I believe in let and let live as long as you're not hurting others. And government, the, the best government is the smallest government possible. Well, it, it really is. And I would say I'm the same. I'm a, a, a classical liberal as well. And um, what we saw with the whole reaction to COVID is we, we've been kind of talking about the federal government but what i saw even on the local level is people were dusting off their inner tyrant and um i was very dismayed even people that i was i was surprised that i would think that would come down on the side of freedom they didn't it was such a weird time to have all this happen but people i think sometimes think when when we say that uh government is local I think what we have to remember that most local of all government is the individual, ourselves. And so to cede power to your local government, your municipal government, is uh, is just as dangerous as ceding it to the federal government, Leslie. 100%, Kim. You know, um, I have a 21-year-old son, and one of the things I've taught him his whole life is never give your power away, because once you do, they can use it against you. So don't comply. Don't go along with no one. I mean, besides the Declaration of Independence to them, our rights come from our creator and that and that they are inalienable. They are born to you, innate to you by virtue of being born human, by being one of God's children. The government can't take those away. Yes, the government has deviated far. So I, I would put it this way. Congress and the courts have diverged so far from the Declaration of Independence 
and from our um, Bill of Rights and our founding principles. The courts are correcting course now a bit. But my point is, just because the courts and the Congress have literally bastardized what our founders intended doesn't mean that you have to go along with it. And yes, you and you alone can stand up. And when you do stand up, you inspire others to stand. It, it, it just takes that one person to stand up and to be um, and, to, and to make their voice heard. And then others will do it. And, and I think it's incumbent upon us. I mean, I've said on this show before that globalism is the problem and localism is the solution. And the most local, of course, is the individual. Absolutely. I totally agree with you. Do you mind if I go into a little bit about the case law and and the, the and Congress and the laws that they passed and how there's how they have basically undermined what our founders intended? I mean, do you want to talk about that? Yeah, let's do, do that. Yeah, let's do that. Let's go to break and uh, then uh, let's come back and talk about that in our last segment. I'm talking with Leslie Manukian. She is the founder of Health Freedom Defense Fund, and you can become a member by going to healthfreedomdefense.org. And uh, when we come back, we'll talk about some of these cases, which is so important. And we get to have this conversation because we have great sponsors, and one of those is uh, Lauren Levy. If you are 62 or older, a reverse mortgage could be a great tool regarding retirement and estate planning. It is essential to understand the process. Lauren Levy with Polygon Financial Group has nearly 20 years in the mortgage industry and has the experience to answer your questions. Lauren understands that each financial transaction is personal. If you'd like to explore your options on a reverse mortgage, remodel your home, buy a rental property, or move, Call Lauren Levy at 303-880-8881. Licensed in 49 states, Kim Monson highly recommends Lauren Levy for all your mortgage needs. Call Lauren at 303-880-8881. All of Kim's sponsors are an inclusive partnership with Kim and are not affiliated with or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the Kim Munson Show and grow your business, contact Kim at her website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Franktown Firearms staff and customers alike are concerned with your safety and ability to shoot well, and that comes from the sense of community that they foster at their shop. The staff doesn't work on commissions from sales, so there won't be any pressure to buy what you don't need. They host events like Ladies' Night every first Friday and a tactical fun night every third Friday because they value their community and they understand that selling the most expensive product doesn't help you learn to shoot. Your money goes further at Franktown because they'd rather you to be self-sufficient with what you already own and be proficient in using it. If you're looking for a range and shop that can take you to the next level in your self-defense training, learn how to shoot in realistic scenarios from instructors who have been there, done that. Then look no further than Franktown Firearms. Go to klzradio.com slash franktown. Franktown Firearms, where friends are made. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter, and you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice, and we search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues 
through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you should not have to force people to do it. Did want to mention Jansen Photography. Uh, Glenn and Mary Jansen are true entrepreneurs. They have a beautiful property in Lakewood, Colorado, and they help with memories, whether or not it is uh, treasured memories of a family portrait or it could be portraits of children, a senior portrait for your senior student in high school. And then also you need to have that great photo for your business or political career, and they can help with all that. That website is jansenphotography.com. That's J-A-N-S-S-E-N photography.com. On the line with me is Leslie Manukian. She is the founder of Health Freedom Defense Fund. That website is healthfreedomdefense.org. And you can join and help with all that they're doing by contributing there, but also becoming a member, and it's very affordable at $10. Leslie Manukian, this final segment, let's talk about some of these cases and why this is so important. So where should we start? Well, let's just go back. As, as I mentioned already, the, the Declaration of Independence say that our, says that our rights come from our Creator. Um, and that among those, it doesn't say what they all are, it says among those are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And then our Bill of Rights says that, these are, that, that the rights that we are enumerating in the Bill of Rights do not in any way limit your rights. These are just some of that we are outlining. And so basically your rights are limitless as long as you're hurting another, not hurting another person, damaging their property or something like that. But what's happened is the Congress has become more and more inclined to violate our founding principles. And so, um, and, and then so have the courts. And so we have things like um, the Affordable Care Act. I mean, that we're forced to participate in that even if we don't want to. There's no way that you can argue that that was something that our founders intended. Just no way. That wasn't, that's not constitutional. Um, there are many other things that are like that. And then what happened is you look at the courts as well. So basically, the Congress has deviated in many ways from our foundings, and then so have the courts. And just look back to a lawsuit called Buck v. Bell, which was in the early part of the 20th century. And this was about a young woman who uh, was deemed too unintelligent to have children, and therefore the Supreme Court said three generations of imbeciles is too many in, in, in issuing their ruling. Um, Oliver Wendell Holmes wrote that, and they said that it was acceptable to cut the fallopian tubes of that woman. Unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, it is unbelievable, right? And, so, and back then we had Jim Crow laws, too. And these were considered legal, so Congress did this. This was considered legal. Jim Crow laws, women couldn't vote. Think about that. Um, and so Congress, in some ways, has continued on this path towards more and more um, divergence from our founding principles. We've seen the federal government do the same thing with censoring Americans and colluding with big tech to do this. This is a known thing now. It's it's being pursued in a lawsuit called Missouri v. Biden. Um, but what's happened is, and this is the good part, is the courts are starting to come around. The courts have, in the last 50 or 60 years, started to correct course. And what I mean by that is they're starting to say things like, well, actually, you have a zone of privacy around your body into which the, the state cannot intrude. Um, they issued that decision in something called Connecticut versus Griswold versus Connecticut, 
because it was illegal to use a condom in the state of Connecticut. And this couple wanted to use a condom and they weren't allowed to. And the Supreme Court said, hey, you know, we're not going to go into people's bedrooms and police whether or not they're using a condom. We have a zone of privacy around us and the state can't intrude into this. Imagine that actually legislators thought that was acceptable and the Supreme Court had had to intervene. So, you know, legislators put that law on the books and the Supreme Court had to actually issue a ruling to um, vacate that that law. Um, and then there have been many others in the last uh, several decades. Um, in these cases, there's one called um, Washington versus Harper. Or it might be Harper versus Washington. In that case, the it was about a prisoner who didn't want to um, take psychiatric medications. And it went to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court said that you have a liberty interest in refusing unwanted medical treatment, period. And the prisoner didn't have to comply with this anymore. Well, isn't that just common sense, Kim? Like, it's crazy that someone would argue that that you don't have the right to decide that. And then there have been other cases that have determined there was a young woman, this is Cruzon versus Director, and this case was about a young woman who was in a car crash and didn't have a living will and whether or not her parents could pull the plug on her because she was in a car crash and rendered in a vegetative state. And um, it went all the the way to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court said, you have the right to refuse life-extending medical interventions. And then they said you have the right to refuse refuse, um, uh, life-saving medical treatment as well. And so there's all the case law that's now coming back to recognize that we and we alone own our bodies. And it's that is basically pushing back against these very um, absurd laws that have been passed at the state and federal level, like the federal law that um, the, the rule that CDC issued, the rule, not a law, you had to wear a mask, for instance. And so I think that we're in a very, very positive time in that there's an appreciation, at least amongst the courts, and growing amongst state legislators that we need to actually go back to our roots and start to validate, appreciate, respect, and codify in state and um, case law the right to bodily autonomy and to embrace of our original, um, you know, founding principles. So I think there's some really positive stuff going on. and. The case that's so important right now that Health Freedom Defense Fund is pursuing is a case called Health Freedom Defense Fund versus Caravallo. It's against the second largest school district in the United States, the Los Angeles Unified School District. The LAUSD, which is the you know um, acronym for Los Angeles Unified School District, issued a vaccine mandate for all its employees in August of 2021 after CDC had already told us that the stops don't st- the shots don't, don't stop transmission or infection. That's what they did. And they kept that up. They fired or displaced over a thousand people. These people could have been anybody. They are mechanics and engineers and school teachers. And they were displaced or fired or forced into early retirement on the basis of a lie that these shots stop transmission or infection. And so our lawsuit against them is I believe a landmark lawsuit. It could change the law and restore freedom for all Americans. And the way that it could do that is because we argue that natural immunity must be recognized in the courts because natural immunity has never been recognized before. We argue that the shots are nothing more than a um, 
uh, therapeutic because they don't stop transmission or infection and therefore must be considered a private matter. And we argue that the lawsuit under which all of the mandates have been justified, a lawsuit called Jacobson versus Massachusetts from 1905, not only doesn't apply to COVID because Jacobson versus Massachusetts applied to smallpox, but the case must be updated to reflect our current thinking, and in fact, which is more consistent with our founding principles of freedom, that we have the right to decide what we put into our bodies. And so this case literally could change the law and bring us back to our roots, to our founding principles for every single American. And that's why we're pushing so hard and hope to win on that case and why it should matter to everybody. Absolutely, it should matter to everyone and uh, to help because uh, legal action is so expensive. And people can help by going to healthfreedomdefense.org. That's healthfreedomdefense.org. We've got just a minute left. Final thoughts you'd like to leave with our listeners, Leslie? You know, Kim, I just think we're at that time of year where I think we should all recognize that we live yes, in crazy and challenging times, but we are so lucky to be alive and to actually have the opportunity to be part of history. And I'm super grateful for that. I'm so grateful to God for actually even being just given the life that I have and being able to do the work that I do and to being able to stand with you, Kim, and have the support of, um, you know, your program and to be able to stand in support of every American's right, God-given right to freedom. And so, you know, I just give thanks for, for that, and I give thanks for all the people who are supporting us and, um, and want to stand with Health Freedom Defense Fund. Fantastic. And again, that's Leslie Manukian, founder of Health Freedom Defense Fund. You can help them by going to healthfreedomdefense.org. And our quote for the end of the show is, "Let us." Re- and this is from Pope John Paul II. Let us remember the past with gratitude, live the present with enthusiasm, and look to the future with confidence. So my friends today, be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you and God bless America. Stay tuned for hour number two. And I don't want no one to cry, but tell them if I don't survive, I was born free. I was born free. The views and opinions expressed on KLC 560 are those of the speaker, commentators, hosts, their guests, and callers. They are not necessarily the views and opinions of Crawford Broadcasting or KLZ Management, employees, associates, or advertisers. KLZ 560 is a Crawford Broadcasting God and Country station. It's the Kim Munson Show, analyzing the most important stories. An early childhood taxing district... What on earth is that? The latest in politics and world affairs. I don't think that we should be passing legislation that is so complicated that people kind of throw up their hands and say, I can't understand that. Today's current opinions and ideas. And it's not fair just because you're a big business that you get a break on this and the little guy doesn't. Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation. 
Indeed, and welcome to our number two of the Kim Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter, and you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice, and we search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you should not have to force people to do it. And I so appreciate each and every one of you. Thank you for listening. You're each treasured. You're valued. You have purpose. Today, strive for excellence. Take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. My friends, we were made for this moment in history, and I get to work with great people. That's producer Joe, producer Luke. Luke, Rachel, Nicole, uh, Zach, Echo, Charlie, all the people here at Crawford Broadcasting. I am traveling, and so today what we have done is uh, we're pre-recording the shows. And one of our great guests, great sponsor of the show as well, and that is Jay Davidson. He is the CEO and founder of First American State Bank, which is a community bank located right here in the metro area. We always run out of time with Jay, so I thought, okay, this will be just perfect. We will have him as our featured guest in our number two. Jay Davidson, welcome to the show. Well, Kim, it's obvious that I'm way too verbose and I talk way too much filling <laughs> up all that time. Thank uh, you. Not at all. You are a fan favorite, Jay Davidson, so we will deliver Sweet. here. <laughs> but uh, you've been writing at the American Thinker, and these are really important pieces. And you not only will share your pieces, but also you'll make commentary on other authors as well. But at the end of November, you published this piece, The Most Powerful force in nature. So tell us about that. Yeah, thinking about um, what what is powerful, what isn't powerful, what starts nations, what starts religions, what starts philosophy, what starts a business. Um, and, and the thing that comes up to mind is the idea. An idea starts everything. And therefore I say it is the most powerful force in nature. Uh, you can look around at the physical world in which we live and see all the beautiful things that have been created. Uh, we can look at the great philosophies and the great religions and see the goodness that these um, people uh, who, who had these original ideas put forth and that have a millennia of influence on, on humans' lives. And so I came to the conclusion that ideas correct ideas are the most powerful force in nature. Well, and America is unique because of all the countries throughout the history of mankind. It really is the first country that was founded on an idea. And that idea, of, and you talk about it all the time, Jay Davidson, is the sanctity of the individual, that each individual has these rights from our creator of life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. This was revolutionary. I mean, certainly it was the Revolutionary War, but the idea was totally revolutionary. It was an amazing um combination of events that history led to I mean there were other great acts and like the Magna Carta and other things that started to take some of the power away from the kings the monarchs, the governments that existed and started to um, assign rights and privileges to individuals the, uh, the one uh, the one unique thing about America is that uh, the founding fathers codified the entire idea of the sanctity of the individual in the Declaration of Independence 
and then they went on with the Constitution to create laws and rules that were there specifically to control the government, not to control the individual. If you read the Constitution uh, statistically, you'll find that just about everything they say, every restriction they put in place, is to control the government because they recognized that the government is the problem. It's also a solution to some things, but it's very, very limited in what it should do and what it can do. And so I submit that our government, uh, through regulation, basically, has gone way over the banks and has uh, gone way too far, and it needs to be put back into the river here between the two banks of the Constitution and the Declaration. So the, the whole idea is that the individual is sacred. And I, you, can, you can cite Scripture, uh, you can talk about the Torah and the Old Testament, and how uh, the Holy One uh, created man and women and then gave them knowledge of good and evil and then gave them free will so they could choose. I can't think of anything more that talks to the sanctity of an individual. Well, and also liberty, free will, uh, liberty. Jay, I was having a conversation with a young person the other day, and I was thinking about, and you know, I've talked about this. Uh, people will look at an issue in society and they'll say somebody needs to do something. And PBIs, politicians, bureaucrats and interested parties or, are more than happy to step in and say, hey, I'll do something about it. Actually, when they do and they start to throw money at it, the problem doesn't go away. Example, homelessness in Denver. Uh, we, I saw a headline recently that at least $100 million was going into the homeless issue in Denver. And with that kind of money, uh, they're not going to solve that problem because if they solve the problem, that $100 million would go away. So the, the problem is, is when people say somebody should do something, that somebody, I think we should look inward at ourselves to begin with. Yeah, it's so true. I mean, I hear it all the time. Politicians and individuals want something or someone or some entity to solve their problems. And, uh, okay, I mean, I guess it's easy to say let's let the government do it, you know. But look at the effectiveness of their war on drugs, the war on poverty, and now the war on homelessness. How effective has the government been in these areas? Conversely, the government's been very effective at protecting our borders until recently, I must add. Uh, they're falling down right now terribly, but, uh, you know, the military and, and the Department of Defense and the CIA have done a wonderful job protecting our nation from foreign aggression. But there, there's only so many things that the government can do. So every time a politician finds a solution in a, another law or a new regulation or another bureaucracy, I think everybody who hears that should speak up and say, you're wrong. We don't need more government. We need less government. Well, and uh, I think that that is important that we, the people, remind uh, elected, elected representatives of that as well. And so that's why these discussions that we have on the show are so important. We want to help people get their brain around these issues so they can understand them and, and really start to think about those principles on this. We get to do the show because of sponsors like Jay Davidson with First American State Bank. Another great sponsor of the show is the Roger Mangan State Farm Insurance Team. And Roger's been in business for 47 years, taking care of his family and his customers and giving back to the community. And uh, no matter where you live in Colorado, the Roger Mangan Insurance Team can help you with all your 
insurance needs. That phone number is 303-795-8855, 303-795-8855. Like a good neighbor, the Roger Mangan team is there. Rosie's doing it. So is Yvonne. Same with Lori. Michelle's been at it since February of last year. Jody started the year before that. And guess what? They're all saving by doing so. What's that? Oh, the doing part? They're using the Drive Safe and Save app from State Farm. Then they're saving up to 30% and more on their auto insurance. How about you? Are you ready to get at it and save? Call Roger Mangan State Farm Insurance at 303-795-8855. Don't delay. Call Roger Mangan State Farm Insurance at 303-795-8855 today. There are always opportunities in changing markets, and the metro real estate market is no exception. That is why you need to work with seasoned REMAX Alliance realtor Karen Levine when you buy your home, sell your home, consider the opportunities of a new build, or explore investment properties. Rising interest rates are spurring creativity, innovation, and opportunity in the real estate and mortgage markets. Kim Munson highly recommends award-winning REMAX realtor Karen Levine. Call Karen Levine today at 303-877-7516 for answers to all your real estate questions. That's 303-877-7516. You'd like to get in touch with one of the sponsors of The Kim Monson Show, but you can't remember their phone contact or website information. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. It's Friday, yeah. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter, and you can email me at Kim at Kim Munson dot com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice, and we search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you should not have to force people to do it. Uh, Jansen Photography wanted to just mention a great gift uh, would be the gift of a portrait of a for a family for children. Of course, uh, the Jans Photography does great work for portraits for your uh, senior stu- uh, student as well. Uh, but they have a beautiful property uh, located in Lakewood, Colorado. Glenn Jansen, photographer, understands lighting. And uh, you can get more information by go to, going to jansenphotography.com. That's jansenphotography.com. Uh, Jay Davidson is on the line. He is the founder, CEO of First American State Bank, which is a community bank located right here in the metro area. Uh, he writes regularly at the American Thinker, and he has recently written a piece, The Most Powerful Force in Nature. Uh, and how is it when we talk about ideas, Jay Davidson, that people may be willing to abdicate their liberty to a, a PBI, a politician or bureaucrat in interest to parties, sometimes because they they kind of think that these PBIs might be smarter than them. How would you address that? Well, the uh, climate change issue, let's say, is a very good example. Um, the uh, powers that be, the elite, are saying that we're destroying the earth and that climate change is going to destroy us. Well, that's a problem that's too big for any one individual to manage. And so what do you do when you face insurmountable odds? Oh, you you rely on someone else to take care of it. So they set up this false 
premise that the earth is destroying itself. I don't know that it is or not. I'm not arguing that point right now. But um, then they say, well, we have a solution. Well, what's their solution? Electric vehicles? Wind farms? Solar panels? I mean, the, the, you know, the, this, that, that's not a solution. But the government is taking money that they take from us and funneling it into all these green energy devices. At the same time, they're shutting down the only real source we have for energy, which is um, oil, gas, and coal, um, and that, that handles probably 95 to 98 percent of the energy needs of America and the world. And they're trying to shut it down and, and take us into a um, an action that I think is suicidal, which is, you know, become dependent on electric vehicles. Now, I'm not knocking EVs. You know, if you want to buy one, buy it. That's great. What I object to is the government telling you to buy it. So I think there's a, a, a tendency on the part of individuals to say it's too big a deal. Well, before you say that, let's look into the premise under that deal. And I would submit to you that climate has been changing since man, since well before mankind came on, and it will continue to change. So uh, don't be fooled by these people that are, are taking advantage of a natural phenomena and, and anthropomorphizing it, making it a man-made problem. I don't believe it is. Well, and this is a great segue to mention our documentary, A Climate Conversation, which people can find that at A Climate Conversation dot com and people can watch it for free and this this uh, documentary was funded by a friend of mine walt johnson geophysicist he and his wife ramey just they wanted to actually have a, a good socratic questioning of all of these different issues with knowledgeable scientists and experts and what i am learning is the green in the Green New Deal is certainly about green, but it is green that is going into the pockets of of these interested parties and politicians and bureaucrats that are pushing this agenda. And that is not the proper role of government. And um, they're not creating anything. They are forcing something. And I think you mentioned an EV. If somebody takes a look, they want to purchase a new vehicle, they look at the merits, the benefits, and the detriments to an EV, and then figure out whether or not that's something they want to trade their hard-earned dollars with, more power to them. But then when you have government come in and are trying to subsidize it, and there's tax incentives, which, how is it okay for the government to say, okay, person A, if you buy this thing that we want to push, you don't have to pay your taxes, but person B over here, if you decided not to pay your taxes, well, there would be penalties and all kinds of things. That's just not fair, Jay Davidson. No, but it's the tendency of, of a government and uh, to uh, control, and that is what government does. It controls. It is a beast that has one, one single intent in its nature, and that is control. And as we talked earlier about the sanctity of the individual, the antithesis of the sanctity of the individual is control. And therefore, the Founding Fathers created our Constitution to control the government. We need to put that genie back in the bottle because people say, well, they're spending other people's money. No, they're not. They're spending your money. They're taking money away from you. And to make it worse, 
they're not even taking just the tax revenue that you have to pay in every year, but they are doing two other things. Number one, they're putting you into debt. You have to pay off that debt, and your grandchildren will have to pay off that debt, all to support this strange idea of green energy, which is nothing more, in my opinion, than a transfer of wealth from one entity to another entity. Uh, to those who play game, the game of the government, they get they get rich, fabulously rich. And those of us who don't, we get stomped on all the time by a regulatory uh, agency, whatever it might be. Well, and so that brings up, I've been watching the headlines for this COP28 conference that's going on, and apparently one of the guys from Saudi Arabia had said, you know what, we, we don't really, I guess I'm paraphrasing, uh, we don't really buy into this whole green thing, and oh my gosh, people's um, <laughs> uh, minds are blowing up on on this because um, that was the last thing that they wanted him to, to say. But I saw some headline that said that the Western countries, United States, use 60, or emit 60% 66% of the emissions, but to have 1% of the wealth or something along that line, implying, I think implying that that this is, uh, this is greedy or this is, uh, you know, something that really needs to be addressed. Two things. CO2 is actually plant food. So how about if we feed our plants more so they produce more so we can feed more people and bring more people out of poverty throughout the world instead of trying to bring the uh, the Western countries, the United States, down? How about we have policies that bring the rest of the world up? What do you think about that? Yeah, exactly. And what you're describing is capitalism, honestly. Uh, capitalism is the free exchange of goods and services, a willing buyer, willing seller, without outside coercion. And, and capitalism is the most powerful force for raising people out of poverty. It does something else, too, that's really important. When you have uh, taken the discipline and worked hard and you have a job and you're doing well at it, your spirit is increased by that. You feel better about yourself. You're more self-confident because you've done the work and you've earned the money and you have a right to the money. Conversely, if the money is given to you, your self-respect is destroyed. Look at what the government is doing with entitlements and welfare programs. Yeah, it sounds really good. You know, they'll show us a picture of a, a homeless mother uh, with a young child. It tears your heart out. I mean, it's terrible. They do need to be helped. But that's not the bulk of where that money goes. It goes to people who decide they don't want to work. It's easier to be on the dole. And what does that do to the individual? Mm -hmm. It destroys their soul. It tears their soul out of them. So I, I submit to you that the hard work necessary in a capitalistic society, in a free society, is beneficial in so many different ways. One, you get money so you can live and sustain and take care of your family. But two, you get a sense of self-control and self-confidence that doesn't exist without that hard work. Well, and so let's talk a little bit about taxation then. Because, uh, and we alluded to EVs, so the government has said, okay, if you do this, which we want you to do, government, and, and this is coercion as a form of force, then you will not have to pay as much on your income taxes if you buy this particular vehicle. 
but actually that vehicle doesn't work for a lot of people. So somebody over here that that vehicle doesn't work, they're still paying their full fare on taxes. And I, I want us to continue to think about how unfair that is for PBIs to pe- uh, picking winners and losers. We hear the social justice warriors talking about social justice and equity and keeping things equal. Well, it's not it's not equitable. It's not equal. It's not fair when government takes from one to give to another, Jay. No, it's usually it's called theft. <laughs> True. But the government gets away with it. Um, if I were to print U.S. dollars, the Secret Service would come and arrest me in a heartbeat. Uh, if I were to put somebody else in debt, I'd be arrested for stealing. And this is what the government's doing. And we're sitting here, you know, ignorant, unaware of the dangers that an excessive government poses to us. I don't want to be an alarmist here because I do believe in the American spirit. And I do believe that each American citizen can stand up on his own two feet and tell the government to get out of my life. And I think we should be doing that. And, uh, you know, start with your politicians. Don't let them get by with this. Oh, yeah, if you elect me, I will uh, will do this, I will do that. Well, if you're receiving stolen money, and this is stolen money, then are you any better than the thief? No, you're not. And in our Judeo-Christian teachings, tell us that. So don't accept this kind of money. Don't accept these kind of bribes from your government. I mean, all the politicians do, both Democrat and Republican, who are in the big government camps, do this. They say, I'm going to rob from Peter to pay Paul. Well, guess what? I'll get Paul's vote. And that's what they're doing. And we're letting him get by with it day after day after day. Uh, It's very frustrating for somebody in the financial world and otherwise to see this happening. Well, and it's uh, when it's not sustainable. That's the other thing. And that's one of those big words of the left is sustainable. And this is not sustainable. So we're going to continue the conversation with Jay Davidson. Uh, Did want to mention a great gift for Christmas or Hanukkah is uh, buying a brick on the one of the pathways of service at the USMC Memorial. Uh, The foundation is raising the money for the uh, remodel. And a great way, again, to honor your loved one is to buy a brick on on the Pathways of Service, you will receive a beautiful certificate, which you can wrap up. Uh, my father just recently passed on. He served for four years in the United States Air Force, and I bought a brick for him uh, on the Pathways of Service. It was one of the most appreciated gifts I'd ever given him, and I'm so glad that I did it. So you can get more information by going to USMCMemorialFoundation.org. That's USMCMemorialFoundation.org. And then also wanted to mention Karen Levine, a great spot. If you are 62 or older, a reverse mortgage could be a great tool regarding retirement and estate planning. It is essential to understand the process. Lauren Levy with Polygon Financial Group has nearly 20 years in the mortgage industry and has the experience to answer your questions. Lauren understands that each financial transaction is personal. If you'd like to explore your options on a reverse mortgage, remodel your home, buy a rental property, or move, Call Lauren Levy at 303-880-8881. Licensed in 49 states, Kim Monson highly recommends Lauren Levy for all your mortgage needs. Call Lauren at 303-880-8881. 
All of Kim's sponsors are an inclusive partnership with Kim and are not affiliated with or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the Kim Munson Show and grow your business, contact Kim at her website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter. And you can email me at Kim at Kim Munson dot com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. And we search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you should not have to force people to do it. Uh, another gift uh, suggestion that I am giving all of you for this holiday season is to purchase the Medal of Honor quote book uh, from the Center for American Values, which is located in Pueblo, Colorado. This little book has the quotes of many of our Medal of Honor recipients, and they are truly inspirational. They're thought-provoking. I would highly recommend that parents, grandparents get this book for their kids, for their students, and then start to research these guys and their lives and what they did. And the Medal of Honor uh, recipients, they received this for taking action when the situation presented itself. The situation for America and our battle of ideas is presenting ourselves. And so we need to arm ourselves in this battle of ideas. And one of the things that you can do is this great little book. And you can buy that by going to AmericanValueCenter.org. That's AmericanValueCenter.org. Jay Davidson is on the line, great sponsor of the show. He is the founder, CEO of First American State Bank. He is writing regularly, at, and you can find it at American Thinker. And we had talked about this piece that you recently published, The Most Powerful Force in Nature and Its Ideas. But, Jay, what's the difference between a good idea and a bad idea? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, if you think about it, I mean, all, all the good that we experience today started with an idea. It could be a philosophy, a religion, a nation. But also all the evil that we have seen today and in history started with an idea. What's the difference? They're both ideas, but what is the difference? And I, I think that the big difference is what you alluded to. It's called the sanctity of the individual. If the idea sanctifies the individual and protects the individual and creates a cocoon of freedom around that individual, that idea seems to be good. And I think that's what the Almighty did when he created us and uh, uh, you know, put us in the Garden of Eden and all that stuff. But then the evil idea is the one that leads to control, in my humble opinion. I could be wrong, but that seems to be right. So I, when we look at the great mass murders in all of history, to a person, they use government, a government of some sort, as the means to their end. And one of the sad outriders of that effort to control is murder of millions and millions of people. Hitler, Stalin, Pol Pot, just in you know our lifetime or our parents' lifetimes, we're talking hundreds of millions of people killed because of these men's ideas. And I submit to you that the basic idea that they have is control. And I'll go even further and say that um, our own government can be used to these ends if we don't pay attention. 
if we don't force it to live according to the Constitution that was so brilliantly put together by our founding fathers. And uh, if we don't actively attempt to protect the, the rights and the privileges uh, that accrue to the individual, then we too could fall to this um, end. Now, I'm not saying that we will. I don't think we will, because I don't think the American public will allow it. And uh, what, the only message I'd like to give to the, everybody listening here is that you have a lot more power and a lot more independence and freedom than you think you do. And uh, if you don't want to do something, you don't need to do it. Uh, none of us are going to break laws. We're the ones that obey the laws because that we've agreed to obey them. It's, we're duty-bound to it. And we also have a religious and philosophical dedication to doing that. Um, but, you know, when the government says, uh, you know, you can't, uh, I don't know, you, you can't buy a gas car or a gas lawnmower, baloney. You have no right. The government has no right to step on our our right and our freedom to, to do so. So to me, the, the, the difference is the idea of the sanctity of the individual and freedom, liberty, as you call it, versus control. And that that is the differentiating factor between good and evil thoughts. Okay, Jay, this uh, you've triggered me on this regarding a law, okay? Uh, Because I served on city council for four years, and it took me a while to kind of match this up. But first and foremost, I would say that totalitarianism and totalitarianists, whoever they are, uh, dictators, they they bet on, for example, here in America, we've seen a movement towards totalitarianism, particularly here in Colorado. And I think that they have they bet on the fact that most everyday Coloradans and Americans want to be law abiding citizens. And we have laws so that we have order in our society. But what I learned when I was on city council was that all laws, whether or not it would be a a city ordinance or it would be a law passed at the legislature here, something at the county or federal, really needs to cut the mustard of the Constitution, the vision of the Declaration. So, for example, if we have PBIs that pass a law that says, you know, all, um, you know, all blonde people in America or Colorado have to pay 10 percent more in taxes than somebody else. And you have um, a Democrat vote, 51 percent say that's the case. Well, that is a, a vote of the people, but it does not protect the minority, which is one of the things that is unique about the American idea. So I submit to you, Jay, that all of these laws, we need to make sure that we are electing representatives that are not passing laws that do not stand up to the scrutiny of the Declaration and the Constitution. Yeah, and the, the basic premise for that is the freedom for the individual. I mean, the, the ultimate minority is the individual, the citizen, one person. And when the democratic process, of which we're so proud, I guess, uh, acts, and 51% can decide what to do with the other 49%, that doesn't make it right. It doesn't make it constitutional. doesn't make it appropriate. And uh, us, the, the 49% that are not represented in that decision need to think it through and make a decision. That's a very personal decision. But uh, I would say, uh, you know, passive resistance against that law is appropriate because it's not a law. It's just a, 
an attempt to control by a, a government entity. Well, and isn't it interesting uh, when you say government entity? I've also seen the people, once they get into elected office, that they forget that they're supposed to be representatives of the people. And, and this happens because you have, like, for example, the Colorado Municipal League or you have the uh, Association of County Governments and, and electeds go to different meetings and, and on a regular basis with these organizations. And people start to forget that they're representatives of the people and they start to think that they are, are representing the entity and sometimes that even their goal is is to drive revenue for the entity. So it could be the, the city, the county, whatever. And the only way they can drive revenue to do that is to take it away from the people. That's right. That's exactly right. And, you know, power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. There's no doubt about that. Um, so it's a very rare individual that remains a statesman once they get into that position of power. And I put that back on the American people, on the citizen. It's our job to monitor these people and to call them out when they overstep the bounds. That's what a representative government's all about. You remember, we always talk about this, but Ben Franklin, the lady uh, after the Constitutional Congress uh, uh, let out, they said, what, what have you given us, uh, Mr. Franklin? Um, and he said, a, a constitutional republic, if you can keep it. Well, what he's saying is that you need to be involved. Because if you're not involved in your government, trust me, your government's involved in you in some way, shape, or form. Because they're going to take from you legally, um, you know, through taxation and also by putting you into debt. Well, and we could say, okay, maybe we're not responsible for ourselves. They put us into debt. But... One of the another over, overreaching idea, or not overreaching, a, a great idea about our American ideal is is always thinking about our future, the next generations, posterity. So to saddle the next generation with debt that they have no voice, no vote, there's something highly immoral about doing that, Jay Davidson. Yeah, exactly. That's the principle that we talked about. Um, is this protecting the individual or is it enslaving the individual? Mm. Well, it's enslaving. It's serfdom. It's control. And that's why it's just so wrong. And, and we talk about debt, but you know what? The beginning of all debt is spending, period. It's real simple. So why is the government being allowed to spend all this money that it doesn't have? Why are we allowing both Democrat and Republican to do this to us. It's insane that we let these people get in just because we have an R or a D behind their name and do these things to us. Uh, I, I don't... Uh, you show me an individual that's willing to stop this spending, I'm in on their camp. I don't care if they're an R or a D or an L or, or an I. It doesn't matter to me. They've got to stop this spending. Do you think, I mean, it's difficult to have yeah. the political will to do that because um, politicians or PBIs like to, to promise other people's money to other people for votes. And I guess we're, we need to finally start to dig deep and say that's not okay. I guess that's the answer, right? It is the answer. And people need to say, no, I don't want that money. You really do. I mean, I know, I know that's kind of crazy, but folks, 
if you're being given something that you didn't earn, what is that? What's that saying about you? What's it saying about us? You know, you're better than that. You can do more than that. My goodness. You know, it, you have the capability of standing on your own two feet. Do it. You will gain so much more in the spirit world, in the religious world, the philosophical world, in your own self-esteem by doing that than by taking money from the government. And, and tell these politicians they have to stop doing it by not accepting them, not supporting them, standing up to them, speaking out against them, and most of all, don't take the money from those people. It's just a self-perpetuating negative feedback loop that takes us into more and more debt and doom. Well, and you know what? I've got a success story that I'm going to share with you, Jay Davidson, when we come back. Uh, and I'm talking with Jay Davidson. We pre-recorded this show. I'm traveling, and we never have enough time with Jay. And uh, so that's why I thought he would be the perfect guest to continue to have these conversations. And we get to do this because I have a lot of great sponsors. One of those is John Boson with Boson Law. Boson Law is a local law firm dedicated to helping injured individuals in Denver and the surrounding areas fight for the justice they deserve. Boson Law focuses on personalized representation tailored to your unique situation with one-on-one attention and counsel and consistent communication. Boson Law personal injury attorneys have extensive trial experience and have successfully represented clients against the interests of powerful corporations, manufacturers, insurance companies, and government agencies. Contact Boson Law at 303-999-9999 for a complimentary in-person consultation. Again, that number is 303-999-9999. Call now at 303-999-9999. Focused and wise marketing is essential for your success, especially during tough economic times. If you love the Kim Munson Show, strive for excellence and understand the importance of engaging in the battle of ideas that is raging in America. Then talk with Kim about partnership, sponsorship opportunities. Email Kim at KimMunson.com. Kim focuses on creating relationships with individuals and businesses that are tops in their fields. So they are the trusted experts listeners turn to when looking for products or services. Kim personally endorses each of her sponsors. Again, reach out to Kim at KimMunson.com. Franktown Firearms staff and customers alike are concerned with your safety and ability to shoot well, and that comes from the sense of community that they foster at their shop. The staff doesn't work on commissions from sales, so there won't be any pressure to buy what you don't need. They host events like Ladies' Night every first Friday and a Tactical Fun Night every third Friday because they value their community and they understand that selling the most expensive product doesn't help you learn to shoot. Your money goes further at Franktown because they'd rather you to be self-sufficient with what you already own and be proficient in using it. If you're looking for a range and shop that can take you to the next level in your self-defense training, learn how to shoot in realistic scenarios from instructors who have been there, done that. Then look no further than Franktown Firearms. Go to klzradio.com slash franktown. Franktown Firearms, where friends are made. It's 
And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly email newsletter. You can email me at Kim at Kim Munson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We are an independent voice, and we search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you should not have to force people to do it. Uh, doing something very special today. I'm traveling, and so therefore we have pre-recorded uh, the shows for today. Our second hour guest is Jay Davidson. He is CEO and founder of First American State Bank, also great sponsor of the show. And Jay Davidson, we were talking about people running for office, and I, I have a success story that I wanted to share with you. And that is one of my fellow Liberty Toastmasters recently ran for mayor up in Longmont. And so many of our local governments, jurisdictions, have very aggressive, uh, progressive uh, people that are in local government. And it's partly because I think everyday people have thought that, hey, we're going to elect people that have our best interests in mind. A lot of them have agendas. But my friend ran for uh, uh, mayor. Her name's Terry Goon. And she kind of didn't think she was going to win, which she did not. But she continued to talk about three ballot initiatives that were on the ballot up in Longmont. One was, I think, for a rec center. One was for a art center and then a new library. And her premise was, is, you know, I don't need to pay for somebody else's things that they want to do. They should pay for that because I'd like to keep my own money for me. And amazingly, those three questions on the ballot were defeated. And she said, Kim, I take this as a real success. And I do, too. I think that's pretty cool, Jay. Isn't that amazing? Here's one individual who um, spoke out. Obviously, she understood the topic. She understood it deeply, spoke out. People resonated with her words. Um, and I, I, This is, points out how powerful an individual is. And everybody listening here has that capability. Uh, you have to spend some time thinking about it, be very honest and very factual about everything you say. Uh, and when you're wrong, admit it. But, you know, you can make a difference. Uh, truth resonates with people. And that's what I think we're looking for. And I, I think I'm encouraged. Uh, we have gotten to a very difficult uh, situation here in America, but I am, I'm encouraged. I'm seeing more and more people paying attention. I see more and more people saying, this doesn't feel right. And so this battle of ideas, I mean, we have this tremendous tension going on right now, Jay Davidson. Yeah, there's a lot of insanity going on. Um, a lot of us are scratching our head and saying, I don't understand this, and I think the lens through which we should look is that the um, the left, I would call it the left, because uh, I think it's more, well, I should say the control elites, let me put it that way, rather than left or right. Um, you know, they, they've always been there, and they will always continue to be there, and there will always be a battle against uh, those who want to control us. And, uh, you know, the, the control elites are in the ascendancy right now. Um, and we're seeing that ramifications of much more government intervention in our lives, much more government spending uh, that takes from us and puts us into debt. Um, a lot of crazy things are going on in the world. I mean, Hamas murders Jews, and then uh, people come and demonstrate in favor of Hamas. I mean, to me, I'm sure it's controversial as heck, but that's insane. The people that commit murder are the ones that are bad, 
I mean, you know, if you, if you kill somebody defending yourself, that's appropriate. That's in the in the uh, in the Torah. But murdering people means murdering an innocent, and that's wrong. So there's so much insanity right now that uh, I think that the whole idea behind truth, honesty, justice, wisdom uh, will resonate with American citizens. And the fact, as your example indicated, that an individual can make a big difference. Well, one individual can. And so we've got a little bit of time left, Jay Davidson. And again, people can find uh, your your great essays at American Thinker. You'd publish something in September that says conservatives must be honest with themselves. And it starts off with where did the conservative movement go wrong? Why is it a shell of its original intent? Um, Pretty thought provoking. What do you think? Yeah, and controversial as I'll get out, so I'll you know beg the forgiveness of all my friends who are conservatives. But I do think that we need to face the facts that um, our movement has gone, the conservative movement, uh, has gone more into a uh, uh, controlling mode than it should be. And uh, by this, I'll say I'll take an, an example, another example that's extremely controversial, and I'm sorry for this, but... It is something that probably ought to be talked a little bit about, and that's abortion. You know, we can all be against abortion. Okay, that's fine. And if you as an individual decide not to have one, I respect that. That's right. What I don't respect is that when you use the federal government to impose your will, and, and I understand that it's from God and you believe it's from God, and it is, but the fact is that the government doesn't have any right to be telling a woman, what to do with her body. And I think that's one of the major mistakes that, that the conservative movement has made. And I'm sure I'll be burned in effigy for this one. But I'm not saying that you shouldn't make that decision yourself and you shouldn't advocate against it. I'm just saying you shouldn't be passing a law or asking to pass a law, uh, whether state, government, or regional, that impinges on that woman's Uh, own decision. So uh, there's a subtle difference here, but the difference is, does the government decide or does the individual decide? Well, go ahead. Well, I I think that because this is such an important question, and I I, I really think we need to be talking about it from a culture standpoint, from a compassionate standpoint versus this whole legislating on it. And... um, you know, I, I do think for the baby, the idea that life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness, I think that we as a society want to uphold life, but at this, not but, but at, I guess but, at this a point in time, the fact that the issue has been so politicized, and also should federal money be used for this, well, the answer, I think, to both of those questions is no, right? I totally agree with that. No, no, no money no laws you know let people decide this is between god and a woman not between my government and a woman and these guys that are saying you know abortion is bad okay i get that but you know what you'll never be faced with it guys so why are you pining on it and then you know we can get into the argument about when the baby quickens and that you know it's a serious argument but nobody wants late-term abortion. I mean, I think the vast majority of people can agree on it, but you nailed it. 
this issue is so divisive and is so single issue that we lose the right to govern this nation in a fiscally conservative manner, a manner that protects the individual. We lose that every time this comes up. And in the last election, it came up even though it wasn't on the ballot. It was it was there because it benefits the other guys. So I think we need to wake up to this fact. You know, it's, it's not a pleasant discussion to have, but I think uh, that's one of the reasons that conservatives, I think, have lost their way. And, and they're forgetting the reason that our party started, uh, the Republican Party started or morphed back in the 1850s, was to recognize the sanctity of the individual. Now, Lincoln got into the Civil War to recognize the sanctity of a individual, a particular skin color, but, but the whole argument was about the freedom of the individual. Whether you're black, white, green, or yellow, it doesn't matter. You have the rights to certain things, and it can't be taken away from you. Well, then stop taking rights away and stop assigning rights to the, a government entity. Stop the laws, people, and, and put this government back in control. So it's not Republican-Democrat. It's big government versus very limited government. That's really what the argument is. Well, and definitely, and uh, the federal government, federal money going into the abortion issue, there's no place that's the, that that's the responsibility well, of the federal the government. government. Telling women, you know, they should go have abortions. I mean, both sides are so off. It's just wrong. I mean, that's just one example of what is so weird here, and it doesn't make any sense to us. But I think when you look at it under the sanctity of the individual, the idea of individual freedom, and if I believe in my own freedom, I must believe in another person's freedom to make their decisions. Right. You have to. Right. And I think that is where, and, and I struggle with this, though, is the sanctity of the individual of the baby. But as I look at, right. as I look at, if if we cannot have honest conversations about this, I, I do agree that this should be uh, in the states. And, they, well, you know, the Tenth Amendment, Jay, it says uh, those things that are not delegated to the uh, federal government go to the states right. and to the people. So I think to your point, this issue, let's have this at with people and then we make the the case for life in the battle of ideas instead of using government for that um so okay we've got just a couple of minutes left (laughs) and i know i'm throwing this over here this is a big subject how would you like to button this up um the uh you know we've talked a lot about the dysfunction in uh, the united states and in the world today and um i I just want to impart a message here i think that um the ideas of good of freedom liberty of the individual are more powerful than the ideas of control and evil and murder and so forth now it doesn't seem like it sometimes but it is and uh, this battle has been going on since adam and eve uh, you know left the garden and since cain and abel had their little squabble so it's not like it's new it's been here and uh Every individual has incredible power uh, that they can use, not to control, but to learn and to speak and to uh, continue the sanctity of the, the concept of the sanctity of the individual. 
and the freedom that accrues to the individual to make his or her own decisions. And it, and it includes everything that we talked about and much more than that. So we can make a difference. Your friend in Longmont made a difference. You're making a difference. A lot of people are uh, making a difference. And I want to just encourage people to be thinking about these things and come to your own conclusions. Well, and definitely, and a little bit of light, a little bit of truth goes a long way. Jay Davidson, thank you so much. Thank you, Kim. It's been a pleasure. And our quote for the end of the show is Abraham Lincoln, who said, The probability that we may fail in the struggle ought not to deter us from the support of a cause that we believe to be just. So, my friends today, be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you, and God bless America. and opinions expressed on KLZ 560 are those of the speaker, commentators, hosts, their guests, and callers. They are not necessarily the views and opinions of Crawford Broadcasting or KLZ Management, employees, associates, or advertisers. KLZ 560 is a Crawford Broadcasting God and Country Station.